Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business, the podcast. And listen, we know we've been laying it on thick the past few weeks. So Amanda and I decided we'll go back to more of our regularly scheduled content this week. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I thought it'd be kind of fun if we talk about, because this is kind of topical to me right now in my business and what I'm experiencing a lot is how do you know when a client is not for you? Um, I find that the longer I do this, <laughs> that there are warning signs and just like any relationships or red flags that I'm realizing I'm like, yeah, probably not for me. And that doesn't make them, that make them a bad person or a bad client. I'm just not the person, you know, we've talked in the past about you're not going to be for everybody. And since I've been doing this as long as I have, I've started to really kind of realize that that's okay. Like it's easier mm -hmm. to say. <laughs> it's another thing to be like, quit trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Like it's just not going to happen. Sometimes you're going to have clients who are just not going to be your people. And it's totally fine because it doesn't mean that they're not great for somebody else. So I would love to hear, Sarah, have you ever had this situation happen to you? And first and foremost, what is one of your very first warning signs that someone potentially isn't a good client for you? Okay. Well, I think there's layers, but I th <laughs> that is the most Sarah answer. Every time it you is. ask me a question on this podcast, I'm like, mm, Amanda, that's a big question. I can't just answer that simply. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's kind of two parts, right? There's figuring out that there there's a red flag or or that it's not a good fit in the like sales or exploratory process. And then there's finding out they're not a good fit when you're already working together. Um, and I think it gets easier to kind of filter people in the sales process when you've been in business for a little while. Because I think when you first start, you're kind of just willing to take on any client who will pay you. Like, please just pay me. I will do anything. For sure. And as you start to learn what you do and don't like and what you do and don't want to do, your offer evolves and changes, you know, so then it gets easier to kind of set expectations or filter in the sales process. But for me, I think most of that filtering at this point comes from the sales or exploratory call or whatever uh, conversations where I am able to be really clear about what I do and don't do. And then also... I like to try to personality-wise make some like feminist jokes throughout call and just sort of see what the response is, see what the vibe is. And if that person is totally on the same page as me, I'm like, okay, we are a great fit. I also have sort of like my warning light on by in my Instagram profile. It literally says in my bio, professional feminist. So like, I try to go ahead and just put it all out there of like, this is the kind of energy you're getting from me. Y'all heard it in the past three episodes. This is the kind of energy that you're going to get when you are friends with me or when you work with me. So if that's not for you, 
that's totally okay, but let's go ahead and get this. And part of that is because, and I don't know if this comes up for you, but a big thing, I mean, like the whole thing that I do is produce people's content. And I don't want to help people produce content that goes against my like values or what I stand for. I'm not, I don't want to put my name on that. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to like, like people less because I find out they believe things that offend me. Right. So that for me, that's like a great way to try to kind of filter that a little bit so that they're not even going to sign on with me if that's, if we're not on the same page in that way, if that makes sense. So that's like, for me, that's the biggest theme of how it comes up. And that's how I go ahead and filter. Go ahead and filter. How does it come up for you? What does it most often look like? So um, I have clients that I totally disagree with politically and religion wise. And it doesn't bother me. We've talked about this before, but it doesn't bother me at all to work with someone who just blatantly disagrees with me um, if the work doesn't blatantly disagree with me. Um, right. So yes, like yes, you can I have whatever kind totally of like, I don't care if you believe that women should have rights to their own bodies or not i don't care um i know well, what i believe I care about that but I, there are things i don't care about it's just <laughs> there's too many people in that category to like be stressed out about if you are creating content that's going to tell people that they shouldn't have agency to their body then we probably totally. don't need to work together but right. like at the end of the day i can't lose sleep over every single republican that disagrees with me or like I can't so I think there's layers I think there's a lot of Republicans that wouldn't necessarily fall on that sword but like yeah there's definitely people I disagree with I just want to be clear I it's not that I don't work with anyone I we agree a hundred percent all the time but there are definitely lines and it is the content thing that's the biggest thing because in podcasts you tend to just like say what you think about stuff that's going on and it's a even if their business isn't built around that yeah. Um, it might it, come up. Yeah. I would be the first person. I've never had a situation where I'm uncomfortable with that. But if it did, I would just tell people that I'm not comfortable with that. I have mentioned on the show before, we have talked about this a little bit. I had a client who had some things to say to me one-on-one about... I don't even want to get into it or throw it out there because we hear enough of it in the news and our lives, but had some negative comments to say about a certain country um, in relation to some racist undertones. And mm-hmm. I kind of just quickly like dismissed myself from that conversation and it never came up again. So I've never really had a situation where I just felt like I couldn't work with somebody, but that would basically be the hold in for me is like, I'm not going to create content or verbiage or like be your copywriter if I don't Mm -hmm. fundamentally agree with what we're putting out there. But like Mm -hmm. what you do in your own time is your own business. I think also I have probably a little bit more um, flexibility or like maybe a little bit more. It doesn't bother me as much probably because I am in the minority big time where I live down here in the South. I am like, I stick out like a sore thumb. So I'm very much and everybody in my family disagrees with me. So it doesn't trigger me as much or like I don't notice it as much, I guess, because I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what I expect because that's like the people that I live with. I see mm-hmm. at the grocery store are people that fundamentally disagree with literally everything that I stand for, both you know, mm-hmm. politically, religion, whatever. So for me, it's like just another person that I have to deal with. Does it make me roll my eyes? Sure. But like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really it's just it's like another day at the supermarket for me when I deal with clients who feel like they post on their social media about, you know, political races and things like that. And they disagree with me or, you know, they put up like fake like obviously fake news about a candidate that I'm like, you know, that's not really how it happened. And you just kind of have to like see it and roll your eyes. But there's lines for me. There's like it, if 
to a certain extent, I think you can vote how you want to vote when it comes to certain issues. And then there's certain issues where there's another thing where if you're actively going to build a platform for yourself to harm other people or to violate their right to take up space, then we can't work together. Like, I don't need your money. So there's a line, right? We can disagree about some things, but also if what you're doing on the internet is building a platform to harm other people, we can't work together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, what does it look like for you? Because it doesn't look like that. So what does it look like for you? Um, I'm not gonna say it doesn't look like that for me. It's just different because I'm not like, it's about the content for me overall. It's not about the person. It's about the content. That's what I'll say. So basically my first red flag as a virtual assistant or working in digital marketing for anybody or social media management or whatever is when someone comes to me and they say, I want you to hold my hand. Like I basically need someone Mm. who's going to come in and hold my hand and just do it and like just make me do the thing that I'm hiring you to do. So like force me to make a video for social media or like I need someone who's going to constantly check in on me, like basically be your parent. Like you're hiring me Mm. to like tell you to do your job. Um, Red flag, red flag, red flag. Used (laughs) to be that would excite me back in the Mm -hmm. day because I was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, money, money, money. Like you're going to have to pay me every time that I'm having to email you to remind you to do the thing that you started your business to do so I was like I was fine with that but now I'm like you know no and I'll tell you why it wasn't the difference of like oh I started making so much money so now I have the luxury of not working with these people no the where it swapped for me was that they're getting mad at me because they're not doing their job I and and I'm quote not doing my job because I'm not checking in often enough so I'm got you're upset with me that's just not gonna fly with me because I'm not like hounding you for work like it's just crazy to me and we talked about this like off off the podcast about it's insane to me that people hire virtual assistants and they're like under the guise of like if I hired somebody they would stay on top of me we'll go work in corporate I'm sorry go work in corporate where you have a boss who is constantly Mm -hmm. checking in with you and constantly telling you what to do if you have a small business you're an entrepreneur what do you need me to be on top of you for like do your job, you know? So that's it. That's it. I'm not going to keep rambling. That's my that's my number one thing is don't hire a virtual assistant or anybody for that matter to stay on top of you. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your second thing? I think that was a good point though of um, if that's the environment that you're looking for work in corporate. I think that's so real. I think the second thing for me is going to be about respecting boundaries. And I'm really blessed and fortunate. And I say this all the time that when I'm when I meet new people, I will set expectations around communication. Like these are the ways you can communicate with me. This is how often we meet. This is what I will and won't like. You can text me or email me or Voxer me unlimited, but don't call me. If you need to have a call, it needs to be scheduled. And with my clients, like during the launch phase, when we're launching a podcast, it's unlimited calls. We just need to schedule them. But once you've launched, it's once a month. Otherwise, Voxer, text, or email because I can't have a totally full meeting calendar. And we've talked about this where like if I'm wall-to-wall meetings, I actually can't produce your podcast. So I have to have time to be able to actually do that work. So like text me instead. And then otherwise we'll talk about it on our monthly call. Make a Voxer or whatever. I'm very blessed and fortunate that like the people that I work with, I can say it's unlimited text, unlimited Voxer, unlimited email because I have set myself up to work with people who are not going to abuse that. So they understand that if I'm not available, I will respond when I am available. (laughs) And if I am taking time off, 
that is okay. If I let them know like, hey, I'm having dinner with my kids right now, like they will leave me alone. If I am out for time off, like for vacation or something like that, they do not text me and email me while I'm gone. You know, I just took 11 days off in July and virtually none of my clients texted or emailed or voxered while I was out. Like they just respected that. And I need to work with people who are going to respect that. I can't deal with the like expectation that, and sometimes you have to kind of like course correct, right? Like somebody will email you and then email you again and be like, Hey, I didn't get a response. And then you have to respond and kind of say like, Hey, it might take me one day to respond to a request like that. Like that might happen, but you just have to set that expectation up front. And, and I always feel like sometimes that feels combative to say back to somebody, but then it's always also like, if you can't respect that it might take me one day to respond to you, God forbid I have a day off during the week. God forbid I'm like doing something with my family or my kids or whatever, or running errands or picking up groceries. Like I have to live my life also, right? In addition to you're not my only client, I have a lot of other clients. If you need me to revolve my life around you, first of all, you would have to pay me like a lot more money than you're paying me. And second of all, that's not the life I'm looking for. So then it's not a good fit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is what you just said. It, and I, I come I come against that all the time. I don't have a single client who pays me full time. So you're not going to get me full time. <laughs> like, that's unreasonable. Like, um, and it's crazy to me too. like the clients that I have that are Sometimes they can be like even like the 20 hour clients a month. They're the same ones that are like, hey, I didn't hear back from you yet. And I'm like, well, you sent it at uh, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so <laughs> you can have to simmer down a little bit. So that that to me, yeah, that's a big one for sure. That doesn't understand the work life balance. And like you started your business for a reason. And literally neither one of our clients, any of our clients are paying us full time. So mm -hmm. like you're not going to get me full time. Like I, mm -hmm. I promise you I will get back with you. But you no. Know. Mm -mm. So yeah, that's a good one. My next one would probably have to be, I had it and then I got on yours and now I got to think about what Sorry. it was. Hold on. No, no, no. It was a good <laughs> one. Yours was good. I wanted to weigh in. The next one for me that can be a red flag with some stipulation is if someone has had more than two virtual assistants in the past year. Mm. Let me tell you something. It's like a relationship red flag. Now things happen. I give like a lot of grace with that. Sometimes there's a lot of bad virtual assistants out of there. Like sometimes it happens where people decide that virtual assistants not for them. They're figuring out where they are in their journey of starting their business and they're just not at a good place to take on that client. Like things happen. But more most of the time, if not all of the time, I give people grace and about Six months in, I start to realize, oh, this is why people leave. Like, this is why people aren't able to work with you. You're rather mm -hmm. impossible to please. You have unreasonable expectations or you are requiring tasks that someone in person needs to do for you. And you're asking someone who is not in person to do something for you and your business that you needed to just hire a straight up employee for. So, that's a big red flag for me. And it happens all the time when I have new client calls and I ask details like I like we're on a first date. So why would your last boyfriend break up with you? Like what happened? I need to know everything. What was the problem? And if it's always the VA, if it's always the VA, just like in a relationship, if it's always the VA or if it's always the ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, it's a red flag for me. I'm not saying I won't take you on, 
but I'm just telling you, I'm very skeptical this is going to work out because I love it when I talk to people that are like, I've been through two VAs or more even, and I'm realizing that what I really need is X, Y, or Z. And these, these VAs didn't offer that and I didn't articulate it well. So you're taking ownership that you did not articulate your needs well and that you didn't hire VAs that fit your needs at the time. I respect that. I understand that entrepreneurship is a revolving door of things that you are constantly learning about yourself and about your business and about your niche and about your clients. It's totally normal. But when you just straight up tell me that VA didn't call me back quick enough or that VA took too many vacations or that VA um, just didn't get my look correctly and it's every single VA that's ever worked for you, I can guarantee you're going to be disappointed with me because they can't all be bad. So that's my second one. Yeah, that's a good one. We talk about that a lot off the podcast. And I think it's good because it sets some clarity for me about how I can most effectively work with you and other people who work for me virtually. And it also, I think, often comes back to in general, most managers suck. Like even in corporate life, most managers suck. Most people don't have management skills or training or experience until they're doing it. And so they are winging it. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't necessarily know how to be good managers. And then they want to hire people, but they don't actually know how to manage people. And if management skills and management style and um, how to be an effective or positive manager is something that's interesting to you, please let us know because we could give you some tips. We could definitely talk about that. Um, So I think that's a good one. Okay. So my third one is... um, going to be how people treat my team. Speaking of team, that's a big red flag to me. And that's a big way I know somebody's not necessarily a good fit or they are a great fit. It's not so much about how they treat me. That does matter. But I feel like pretty confident I can hold my own and I can like course correct with people. Um, I can set boundaries pretty well. I can navigate, you know, what what I feel is and isn't respectful. I don't generally feel like I have a lot of experiences where people are disrespectful to me because I think I can navigate that pretty well, but you better treat my team well. And if you don't treat my team well, that's where we're going to have beef. Like that's where I'm going to be like, I can't do it. If you're going to treat my team like they work for you, if they're going to, if you're going to treat my team like they are peons, if you're going to treat my team like they're not worth your time or energy or you're better than them or you're Um, above them or that they have like (laughs) disappointed you or let you down like nope that's not gonna fly with me you absolutely can't can't disrespect my team can't talk to my team in a negative way Um, and thankfully that hasn't been a major issue but I can remember and I think I've talked about it on this podcast before having a (laughs) client time (laughs) yeah having a client that turned over and when I told you that they were turning over you literally said to me like Thank God. Thank God. Because yeah. Rude. that person has been treating me like dirt. And I, I it was more colorful than that, but we're <laughs> I don't want to like call anyone out here. So I'm just going to like kind of leave it at that. And I was so – that made it so easy for me to not grieve 
a client turning over because at that point I still didn't have really any turnover in my business. It was like super, super rare. It was unheard yeah. of to have a client turnover. Now I've been in business long enough and I've seen like some life of podcasts where like they've podcasted for two or three years and then stopped podcasting. That's like a pretty good run, you yeah. know? So now being in business this long, like I've had some podcasts that have turned over, but at, th at that point, and that person had just launched too. It was like, yeah, they'd Rude only been out with of the us gate, for like <laughs> less than 60 days, I think at the time that they gave us notice. And so I was like, if you were already treating my team that way, this is for the best. Like, yeah. and they self self eliminated, but uh, I'm glad that it came to that. I'm glad that it started there and it didn't come to me having to say, like, you can't treat my team this way. So yeah. we're done. <laughs> As your team member, I greatly appreciate that <laughs> mentality. Yeah, that that person was was rude, was rude. But again, I, I think it, I definitely think it worked out for the best for sure. Mm -hmm. My last red flag would probably be someone, and I can normally tell by the energy on the introductory call. Usually, I'm pretty good at sniffing it out. I have a good radar for it. People that come into like hiring someone with like an entitled air, or like like they are above me in some way. Mm -hmm. I Those like are the same people. <laughs> they are the same people. Usually, usually they're unappreciative. And, I, and, you know, I'm a words of affirmation person. I'm not asking someone to, like, praise literally every email I send you. But there is, like, when obvious effort has been given, like, let's acknowledge that. I acknowledge it in you. Like, I always, like, very rarely do I not try to, I try to give a compliment very often. It happens very naturally for me. I know it's not for most people to be complimentary verbally. And not everybody has to do that. But what I don't love is when someone doesn't acknowledge obvious effort like we're in this together and that goes back to that's why I hate the term virtual assistant because assistant mm -hmm. says I'm beneath you I love it when people think of it as a part you. Yeah. yeah or like and I like think of it as a partnership like totally if you treat me like a partner in your business, your success is my success. I genuinely feel that way about every single person that I work with. I am invested in your business or I wouldn't work with you. Like I want you to make money. Like I have a client. Um, She owns Creative Edge Travel. If you're looking to go to Italy, she's one of my favorite clients. I, I love all of them, but she's a great client. And she does, she asked me very early on, I think I've even talked about this on the show. She sent me a questionnaire and it was things like, how do you like to be praised? Like, do you like public, public displays of appreciation? Does a Starbucks gift card work better for you? Public displays of appreciation. She asked about that. She asked about my family. She wanted, she gave me a big questionnaire and it was all about basically getting to know me as a person. And I filled that out. We've been working together almost a year now. And, um, or at least it feels like it, maybe it's been a, bit, a little bit less, but she, she, you, I can tell that she makes an effort to do the thing that I have put on the form, which is I like verbal, like, let me know if I'm doing a good job. I don't care anything about giving me money. Like I love money. I love raises. That's amazing. I love Starbucks gift cards. But like, I appreciate that. And then it's out of my mind. But what does stick with me is at night when I'm trying to turn my brain off of work and try to remind myself that I did a great job that day. I remind myself of the nice things that my clients have said to me. Sarah is amazing. You're amazing at this. Thank you. You do. You do a great job because you know that I care about stuff like that. So like when people come in and they don't care anything about 
like being appreciative or like understanding or like supportive human to human, I can normally feel it on the first call. Typically, it's in the air of how you show up. Like, are you excited to potentially interview me? Are you excited that we may get to work together? Or are you just doing this because someone told you on your team you needed a VA? Like, it's all about the energy that we show up with in our in our work together that really makes all the difference to me, like whether or not I'm going to keep you on as a client. Like this is mutual. Like, do I want to work with you? If I don't, I will let you go and let you find someone else that it works well with that behavior. But it just doesn't, it's not going to get me up in the morning and get me excited about your stuff. But I have a new client that I've been working with for a couple of months now. I say new for a couple of months now. And my book of business is full. I'm not taking on any new clients until like summer of next year, I hope. Um, but she has a calligraphy uh, calligraphy subscription box and she's called Simply Lettered Studio and she's amazing. And she sends me messages and says, hey, so-and-so amount of people signed up for my giveaway that we ran. Yay, I just wanted to celebrate with someone. I love that. Don't think that people don't care on your team. People want to feel invested. And I think that's a big thing that entrepreneurs don't really think about. Like they think it's just they're a one woman show, one man show. They have a support team. That's great. But that we don't celebrate or want you to succeed. I was like, yes, girl. Like I had to send her a video and be like, we got more people than we thought we were going to get signed up on your email list this month. That was amazing. So it goes a long way is all I'm trying to say. Woo. Lordy, that one was long, but that's, um, I'm very passionate about it. Like treat me like a human. I'll treat you like a human. I'll yeah. treat your business like my business and we'll all make more money. Won't that be great? And we'll all enjoy it more. How yeah. exciting. So when people show up with that like negative energy, I'm like, I literally want to text them or, and be like, you okay, bro? Like, you all right? Because it's not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> I get really defensive of you because we talk about this so much off the podcast and I feel like I feel like a like a sister energy like yeah. don't yeah. hurt my friend. I think basically my thing is like when when you have run into that in the past it's like you just start asking to be treated like you showed up to support their business. Yeah. and their life. Like cuz you did. And regardless of like you know whether or not that is what they how they thought it was going to go I, I don't even want to say didn't meet expectations because I think it all comes back to what we said earlier of like setting expectations but regardless of that you could be a terrible delegator it didn't go the way you wanted it to for whatever reason but like treat my friend like <laughs> she showed up and cared about your life and your business you can't possibly know Amanda and think she just didn't care that she just threw something together like just didn't like and eh, they're paying me but I don't give a shit about this like that is yeah. so far from you and your personality Thanks. I don't see how it's possible to know you and think that <laughs> <laughs> anyways yes I think that there's so many red flags that we could definitely say show up but there's so many green flags so maybe next uh next episode Ooh, we'll talk a little bit about write it down next flags. week we'll talk about what the green flags look like I think in the past we've done an episode about what kind of clients we like to work with, but we're going to talk about our green flags, maybe some of the subliminal things that we pick up on on calls that you could also take and put in your business when you're thinking about one, hiring a podcast person or hiring someone as a help person to your business. So stay tuned for the green flags. But on that note, Sarah, tell them where they can find us. Yeah, come hang out with us on Instagram. That is where we tend to hang out the most. Amanda is on Instagram at Amanda Nelson Reads, and that's reads like books. 
She reads books, you guys. So she's at Amanda Nelson Reads. I am at Sarah K. Heater. And together we are at Big Brave Business. We also have a YouTube channel. Have you watched our YouTube channel yet? Because I feel like hopefully this has changed by the time this comes out. But I feel like you haven't. I feel like you haven't. (laughs) And it's good. It's really good. It is. The people that we have brought on are so delightful and fun and hilariously funny. And they're super smart and interesting. And they do all kinds of interesting things. So if you're looking for positive people to follow, if you're looking for new friends that have the same kind of big, brave business energy, you're going to find them on our YouTube channel. So it's it's at Big Brave Business on YouTube and we have new episodes or episodes. Is it called an episode on YouTube? New YouTube videos every Wednesday. Uh, it's totally separate content from what we do over here. So definitely go check out our channel and subscribe over there as well. That's right. And we'll see you again next week. Bye.